Welcome to All Things Reformed Podcast. This podcast exists to convey sound teaching for transformation of lives. We began a journey around the distinctives of the Reformed faith, called with the acronym TULIP. We come now to the fifth doctrine of grace. Yes, the P now. And uh, I remember, Pastor Confex, in one of your sermons, you quoted, I don't know who, uh, that said um, uh, sometimes it's easy to uh, to know the doctrines of grace, yeah. but not know the grace of the doctrines. Of the doctrines. That's, that's a wake-up call. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, a pastor in the Presbyterian Church in America, uh, Richard D. Phillips, uh, well-known. Uh, he says that, I think in his uh, commentary to the book of Jonah, uh, that uh, us who are reformed, and it's a good reminder, it's a good warning, us who are reformed, we know these doctrines of grace, mm. but we should go beyond just knowing the doctrines of grace. We should know the grace of the doctrines. Really what he's saying is we should apply them in our lives. We should not just have head knowledge, but also it should be applied in our daily lives. We come to the fifth doctrine of grace, and this is the perseverance of the saints. Yes. Uh, other ref- reformed believers, they call it eternal, eternal security. Yes. Eternal security. Um, that. And actually, there are some who have said, ah, well, yeah, uh, perseverance of the saints, maybe we should call it preservation of the saints. Right. So they have called it that. The perseverance of the saints. Yes. Uh, what are we talking about? Yes, I wanted actually to say this. Well, just like all these other points of doctrine, the doctrines of grace, we need to define it. And basically what perseverance of the saints says is that those that have been truly saved, they have believed in Christ for their salvation, will persevere in their faith until the last day in which they will enter into glory. In other words... If you are truly saved, you remain saved forever. They will persevere. That sounds like a human effort. Yes, yes. That's why, you know, um, some have said, well, we are not comfortable calling it perseverance of the sense because it seems like it's the sense persevering in their own strength. Mm. So they have said, well, let's call it preservation of the sense. Right. The challenge, though, is, again, you go to the other extreme. Mm. It's like, as a believer, you don't have to do anything. The Lord will preserve you. Uh, so, really, I think it's just because of the lack of a better word that will summarize at best what this doctrine is saying. But, really, what this doctrine is saying is what uh, Paul says in Philippians 2. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to obey. So, as I have been saved, I have a responsibility to work out my salvation. What does that mean? I have a responsibility to grow spiritually, to become more and more like Christ. That will not just be automatic. I need to be involved to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in growing and becoming more and more like Christ. I need to read God's word. I need to pray. I need the means of grace, the sacraments, all that. So the Lord will not force the Bible to open and force my eyes to read the Bible. No. 
I have a responsibility to take my Bible, open it, read it, and pray. So there is that kind of effort on my part. There is that kind of perseverance on my part. But as Philippians 2 says, even though I'm doing that, it is God who works in me to will and to obey. For me to desire to read the Bible, it's actually God who has given me that desire inside me. If he had not done that, I wouldn't. So sanctification or becoming more and more like Christ is a work in which a believer cooperates with the Holy Spirit. So the same with perseverance of the saints. As, as a believer, I'm persevering in one sense in that uh, I'm using the means of grace to remain steadfast in my walk with the Lord. And yet, it is the Lord who is working in me and preserving me from falling. So both preservation and perseverance of the saints capture this well. But we can only use one word. So we use perseverance of the saints. Right. And scripture basis for uh, this point of doctrine, Philippians 1 verse 6, Paul writes, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What is the good work? Yeah, the good work of salvation. He has saved you. And God will bring this salvation to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's the day in which we enter into glory. So in other words, what Paul is saying, if the Lord has saved you, if the Lord has begun that work of saving you by regenerating you, making you respond to the effectual call, and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, know for sure that he will bring it to completion. You enter into glory. So this is a salvation verse. Yes, it and, is. And, and often abused oh. for other things. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes, actually, you know, some, some people uh, can abuse that and say, well, I am saved so I can do whatever. Mm. Again, that's not what uh, the Bible teaches. And again, that's not what the canons of doubt say later on as we are going to look at that. Right. Then John 6, verse 47. Most assuredly, or truly, truly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Now, everlasting life means everlasting life. Mm -hmm. So that's what Christ says. If you truly believe in me, you have everlasting life, an assurance there. But also First John 5, verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. You will not have eternal life, you have it right now. And eternal life means eternal life. It cannot come to an end. But as you rightly said, there are some misunderstanding, some abuse, misconception. I, I, are you done with, this, with the scriptures? Yes, I'm done with the scriptures. I thought uh, being a good Presbyterian, you'd look at Jude 24. So, no, you see, you have a good point there. Jude 24, a very comforting verse as well. Uh, he who is able to keep you from falling and to mm. present you blameless mm. before the throne of grace of God. That's, that's the beautiful reminder as well. God is able to keep us all the way to the end. Now, yeah, so we, we are talking about misunderstandings, ab abuses yeah. of uh, this doctrine. And the canons of Dot, the synod of Dot, knew that there would be some misunderstanding. Mm. So, the first misunderstanding that this doctrine addresses in the Canons of Dot, Article 1, Fifth Head, uh, 
it says, whom God calls according to his purpose, to the communion of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and regenerate by the Holy Spirit, he delivers also from the dominion and slavery of sin in this life. Though not altogether from the body of sin and from the infirmities of the flesh, so long as they continue in this world. Here we see that the canons of doubt does recognize this. To say that you, you persevere to the end, it doesn't mean you have become sinless. Mm. No. You still fight against sin in this life. We have to constantly be killing sin, as John Owen put it. Be killing sin or sin will kill you, will be killing you. We have to constantly be putting sin to death. Perseverance of the saints doesn't mean that I've become sinless. I'm still a sinner who has to constantly kill that sin. And we do that by the means of grace. Prayer and the word by the grace of God. And Article 3 or so, uh, in connection to what we've just read in Article 1, it says, by reason of these remains of indwelling sin and the temptation of sin and of the world, those who are converted could not persevere in a state of grace if left to their own strength. But God is faithful, who having conferred grace, mercifully confirms and powerfully preserves them therein even to the end. So yes, as we are killing sin, we are not killing that sin in our own strength. The Lord is preserving us, is giving us grace, and he will hold us to the end. So the first misunderstanding that the canons of doubt addresses is that perseverance of the saints doesn't mean that the saint has become sinless. Second, it says it should not be a cause of pride. The fact that I know that I'll persevere to the end by the grace of God should not be a reason for pride. This is what Article 12 or the fifth head of Canons of Dot says. This certainty of perseverance, however, is so far from exciting in believers a spirit of pride or of rendering them carnally secure, that on the contrary, it is the real source of humility. Filial reverence, true piety, patience in every tribulation, fervent prayers, constant in suffering, and in confessing the truth and of a solid rejoicing in God, so that the consideration of this benefit should serve as an incentive to the serious and constant practice of gratitude and good works as appears from the testimonies of Scripture and the examples of the saints. So he's saying that the fact that I know that the Lord will keep me to the end and that the Lord is able to present me before his throne blameless should not be a source of pride. But rather should be a comfort and encouragement. And lastly, it says it's not a license for sin. Right. And this is what Article 13 says. Neither does renewed confidence of persevering produce licentiousness or disregard to piety in those who are recovering from backsliding. But it renders them much more careful and solicitous, that is, considerate, to continue in the ways of the Lord, which he has ordained that they who walk therein may maintain an assurance of persevering, lest by abusing his fatherly kindness, God should turn away his gracious countenance from them 
to behold, which is to be godly, dearer than life, the withdrawing whereof is more bitter than death, and they, in consequence hereof, should fall into more grievous torments of conscience. So he's saying that this assurance is not a license to say, well, I'll actually sin as I want. And it warns to say that if a believer thinks that way, he can experience the forsaking of the Lord in which he can be tormented by sin. Because the Lord for some time he can forsake, not completely and permanently, but for a while he can leave a believer in his sin so that he can understand the consequences the bitterness of sin. In fact, if you if you abuse the grace of God, you should question yourself if yeah. you're saved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean actually that's what the letter of Hebrews is all about. Yeah. You know? Uh the warning passages there. To say, Well, brothers, if we are thinking uh that the grace of God gives us a license to do whatever we want. We should be worried. We should be worried. Because as Titus 2 tells us, the grace of God has appeared. He teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Yeah. And yes to righteousness, to godliness. So uh, sometimes a true test of God's grace is growing in Christ-likeness. Mm. Then you know that, yes, I've received the grace. And Jesus says, and those that will persevere to the end... Mm-hmm. Those yes. shall be saved. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, one thing to start well, mm. and it's another thing to end well. Now, again, I'm not saying this to contradict what we're already saying. Here. Right. Yeah. If you are truly saved, you will persevere to the end. And persevering even means in good works, in becoming more and more like Christ. You will grow, you will persevere in that to the end. This also is where we leave it for today. Please email us your thoughts about the program and any questions you may have. You can email us on atreformed at gmail.com atreformed, one word, at gmail.com You can also inbox us on all things Reformed podcast page on Facebook. 